Hi, welcome to A Journey Through Into Awareness. You're here with your hosts, Dr. George Andow and Judy Miller. And we're so excited, as always, to be with you. And we have an exceptional guest here with us. All our guests are exceptional. We're really excited to have a guest with us tonight by the name of Gabriel Cousins, who has been on the spiritual path and journey for an exceptionally long time. I think he might be 39, (laughs) 70, Um, and he's been on this journey since he was about four years old. So it really is such a a grace and honor that he said yes to be here um, with us. Um, Right, Judy? I know you feel the same way. Absolutely. It's going to be such an amazing show. So um, without further ado, uh, let's introduce everyone to Gabriel Cousins. Thank you, Gabriel, for saying yes, for being here with us. It's a privilege. And Gabriel, I'm just going to start with a brief intro just to get people a little acclimated to your background because it is truly an amazing journey that you've taken. So Dr. Gabriel Cousins is a holistic physician. He's a psychiatrist. He's a family therapist. He's a rabbi, a yogi, a spiritual mystic, and a vital at any age advocate. He's a humanitarian and a peace ambassador. So what he has not done, I do not know. But he's often called the physician of the soul. And he's been educating, healing, and ministering to individuals, social sectors, and the planet in a variety of ways that have been life and world transforming over a career that has spanned over 50 years. And Dr. Cousins has authored 13 international best-selling books, including his latest book, which I'm so excited for him to delve into. It's called Into the Nothingness, a Spiritual Autobiography. And it really is a wild, courageous, adventurous, mystical life that led to his spiritual liberation. Now, the book takes us through his unique process of several different spiritual awakenings. You know, he took the yogic way of life, including seven years immersed in a globally traveling ashram, the Torah, most specifically the Kabbalistic and the Essene teachings that are the most mystical aspects of Judaism, and the Native American tradition where he braved the extreme spiritual trials of initiation to becoming a Native American sun dancer, an eagle dancer, and a spirit dancer. Now, we've had the pleasure of reading his book, and Dr. Cousins has truly packed over 10 lifetimes into his 77 years of life. It is such a pleasure to have him here. And Gabriel, we would love for you to begin with a prayer. Okay. First of all, thank you for inviting me and for the sweet introduction. So thank you. So the prayer... It's about the merging of the heavens and earth and the heart and the mind. It's essential to start integrating this way because it helps us reconnect with our soul, which is a fundamental issue that we're facing in the world today. It forces wanting us to disconnect. And this is just the opposite. So uh, the prayer is in Hebrew, but this is about the energy of it. Now feel that integration, heart and mind, heavens and earth. Wow, that was very beautiful. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that with us. Amen. 
Now, Dr. Cousin, the name of your book is called Into the Nothingness. Now, who is this book for and why did you, what is Into the Nothing actually mean? Well, the book was forever for, for whoever who's interested and intrigued, as you just mentioned, about a path of what it means to go into the nothing and to wake up and know the truth of who you are. Into the nothing is a place beyond the mind that's no place. So in the mind, we have place, we have time, we have space, and we have beingness, I amness. And there's as we go beyond the mind, then we go to I-ness, and ultimately that I-ness disappears, and there's only God. Mm. That's the nothing, the primordial chaos prior to time, space, and beingness. Wow. That's wow. That's when amazing. You say, when you say the, that you go to the, the I-ness, would you say at that point that there is only God, that we are uniting in such a deep integrated way that the physical sort of elevates beyond into nothing, which is God. Right, right. That's exactly nothing right. Would you the say key that? is that that's different than an I merging with God or being one with God because there's still the individual ego existing. But ultimately, into the nothing is we disappear as unique I-ness, and there's only God. Okay. Now, in the, in the Torah, it says, you can't know God and live. What that means at the level I'm talking about it is, yeah, because there's no you left. There's only God. So you don't live or exist as a separate energetic, separate from God. So it brings us back to uh, the, the point zero, so to speak, where there's the primordial chaos prior to time, space, and energy. Mm-hmm. Would you say that that's where we go when we leave the earth plane? Uh, no. Um, that is what I, I would refer to as the astral plane. We still have a form. Yes, we don't have flesh, but we have a form, an astral body, and we're going to a different plane. This is beyond the planes. How do you live in that? Wait, we can't, can we live in that? How do you live in that and, and, and function on the earth? The, there's a primal paradox. It's a very good question. And we don't talk a lot about paradox in the whole liberation process, but it's primary. What's primary? Here we are, a physical body, but our awareness is dissolved into the nothing. So the paradox is that we're both here and not here at the same time. <laughs> And, and when we really start talking about spiritual life, it's important that the paradox of the multi, we're multidimensional beings. I describe myself as being a walker between the worlds. 
but there's a place where there's no world. Mm -hmm. So Dr. So Cousins, that's the paradox we live in. Dr. Cousins, I, I really love the way that you organize the book. You know, you bring readers on your journey, but you have these snippets of teachings throughout to make sure that the readers could actually, you know, learn from your experience as well. And one that really jumped out to me was one of the things that you said is we are born as originals and die as copies. What does that mean? Um, wow. But the last part of the sentence is, and my work is to help people become originals again. Yes. That's the, that's the punchline, right? Yes. So we're born to be the unique expression of the divine. Amen. Okay. Now, we are programmed by our parents generally, by the school, by the political system, by all the social systems to uh, start to identify with the body and with the mind and we can go further with the gender or your gender beliefs and that's not who we are so we we begin to move in that idea of being something whereas the truth is we're prior to that so that's really the answer there is, 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 and we become an original. So there's different ways of talking about it. Uh, when I was learning Spanish, we went down into Mexico and I visited the Huicholis. And when a child's born, the village elders gather around and try to tune in to the essence of the child and try to help that child go in the way that's best for their spiritual development. It's a very profound way of thinking about it because they understand that child has a destiny. So we're born originals like that child. We have a destiny. and But the systems... Our parents, our families, our you know school—all these social systems have an idea who, of who they want us to be, right? And so we don't—we lose our originality. Yes. We lose our sacred design. Yes. We lose our, our, our sense of who we really are, what we're meant to be, and what our purpose is, which yes. to me is to know God. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Right. And so our work, as I see it, or my work, and I, I obviously it's your work too, yes. is to help people become originals. Yes. Get in touch with your sacred design. Each yes. of us is meant to give a sacred gift here on the planet. Yes. Yes. And so, yes. yeah, you like that. And, and it's true. Yes. And so the work is how do we get back to that in touch with the sacred design? And be it and be the gift we're meant to be, you know, the gift of uh, God's gift to the world and the uniqueness of how we're supposed to be. And that's where we become the originals again. Yes, that's great. I work as a spiritual director and psychoanalyst and I help people. God helps people through me when they come to 
recognize where they identify to become aware of their pre-talking experience that has formed a definition of themselves that they're now living out of. And we take that apart brick by brick so that what is left is the essence of who God made them to be. And it's a very long journey, as you know. Yes. And the more solid the ego, the more challenging uh, for us. But there's nothing else to do here on this earth plane. Right. It's our purpose. We're here. But we're given a unique path to travel that best helps us wake up to the truth of who we are. Yes. And if we take that uniqueness away, it doesn't allow us to really wake up. And blossom. Yes. Right. I'd love to, uh, at what point in your journey would you say was the most, I'm sure that it was everything, but what was the place that really you were really experiencing that you had awakened? Like, wow. Um, I want to, we'd love to hear this. When we come back, we're going to take a real quick break. We'll be right back with Dr. Gabriel Cousins. Thank you for joining us on a journey through into awareness. We'll be right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Innings. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 
Welcome back to the journey through into awareness. We are here with Dr. Gabriel Cousins. So we ended at the break. We decided to um, maybe look at what was your moment where that really, when I ask you that question, the first thing that comes to mind that really you grasped onto and said, I have taken a, a, a greater leap into my journey of awareness. It's a really good question, and my whole life led up to that moment. So as I write my book, uh, I had TB, this is 1943, I had TB, one years old. It basically at that time was a death sentence. So I had a question, what's the meaning of death? I had to face it for a year and then survive. What's the meaning of death? And then... Uh, different events in my uh, family. My brother died when I was 16, and my father died when I was 21, and my mother died when I was 33. And I'm still asking the same question. What is this all about? What's the meaning of death? So in 1975, I met Swami Muktananda, uh, and received the awakening of the spiritual energy, we call it Kundalini, uh, in Torah we call it Ruach HaKadosh, and we can call it the Holy Spirit, same thing. And uh, he uh, basically touched me and actually blew into my mouth, and that energy was there, and I expanded beyond consciousness, into the nothing. That was my first time. And it's like, wait, I, I just, it, I disappeared. And as I came back down, a little voice, uh, we, we called the, uh, a little voice of God rang out and said, there is no death for the soul. The soul is immortal. Neither born nor dies. That was the defining moment of awakening energy. It's a, uh, in my book, I describe all the energy things that happen, uh, energy moving up my spine and chakras lighting up. But the, the profound understanding was I, I spent 33 years of my life seeking this question. Right. And, you know, and there it was. Right. You know, it's, it's not like hadn't heard that word before, but sure. it was the sure. apperception, the direct experience of that truth. Right. Yeah. So that was a defining moment, and that really began the, the next level of my spiritual path. Wow. That's so, Gabriel, one of the things that I loved in your book is you said that everything that you learned in life started with football, meditation, <laughs> and sacred relationships. Can you explain to listeners what you mean by that? <laughs> well, that's really good. So what I what I was teaching, what I'm saying is that uh, as a person playing football through college, really played for 12 years, started when I was 10 years old, okay? And there was a place where I went beyond myself into the nothing. I began having those experiences at a relatively early age. Okay. And in meditation, 
I was able to rest. Okay, so football ends, you graduate college. It's like, okay, what next? And so football ends, and then how do I access that state on a more regular basis? That's where I kind of moved into meditation. Now, sacred relations, truly, when we understand marriage, it's a spiritual path uh, for uh, uh, enlightenment, for liberation, as people in their interactions uh, bring out what needs to be healed. But ultimately, again, it's another merging thing, but it's a path. When two people are kind of interacting with each other, it, it, it really brings out the best uh, if you have that attitude, which... Yeah, I, that's a very good, if you have that attitude. That's <laughs> <what I'm saying. laughs> and it helps us evolve spiritually. So all those are my big learning areas. So I in my book, I explain, which most people don't get what football is about. It's not just about banging heads. It's about going beyond yourself. It's going, it's, you know, learning uh, a little bit of structure and focus and, and um, discipline. Spiritual life, same thing. Structure, focus, discipline. The same messages that are up on the walls that Muktananda had as the football coach had. Okay, and then uh, relationship is the same same thing. Sacred relationship is a journey into the unknown. If you're serious about relationship, it has to be jumping off the the cliff of love into whatever is going to happen, and you have to be okay with that. And that's a huge learning experience, a huge spiritual development experience. Again, if you see it that way, if you see sacred relationship as a spiritual journey. Hmm. So that's how they all come together. (laughs) So Gabriel, for those of us who don't play football and perhaps don't meditate or have a sacred relationship, is there hope for us to be liberated? (laughs) Uh, Yes. Because one of the things I I talk about in the book is that the attitude, again, the world is as you see it, the world is as you believe it to be. The attitude that all our life experiences are there for our spiritual development. So uh, having that way of seeing life that brings you to higher and higher steps of evolution. Now, I will say there's two wings to the bird. One is your, your own understanding and your one's dedication. As I say it, I have a lot of poems in the book, and I wrote about the most important thing is to keep showing up no matter what's happening. Got to keep showing up. <clears throat> part one. And the part two is called grace. Amen. And without grace... Because you can't work your way to God. You can't diet your way to God. You you can't do any of that, ultimately. Yep. You, you set the, the table, but then grace is what allows it to happen. Yeah. Grace allows the feast. Yes. So <laughs> that's how that works. 
And, and so that's available to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the reason I also was saying it's okay. People usually say meditation, you know, but playing football isn't the way people think about it. But playing football is no different than being a taxi cab driver. If you understand the point, it's the mundane life. Yep. What could be more mundane than playing football? Okay. When you, when you see it. And then relationships could be very mundane or it could be very elevating. That part is our responsibility. Mm-hmm. So Gabriel, could you also talk about the six foundations and the sevenfold piece? We'd love to hear about it. Okay. You're asking a really good question. So um, I began to say, well, this shouldn't be just limited, as you asked earlier, to just people in certain spiritual traditions. So how do I take the kind of messages and pathways in the different traditions and make it into something that no matter who you are, you can do it. You don't have to be part of this religion or that tradition, or okay? And that's how I... I develop those. So six foundations. First foundation is how we eat. How do we make eating an act of sacredness? After all, most people have to eat. You have to show up at the table one way or another. How are we going to do that? And I saw that in most uh, traditions, we're talking about a primarily a vegan diet. And I, I point for our example in, in my book, well, my different books, like Jesus was actually a vegan. His brother James, for example, only had bread and uh, water, really. No fish? No, 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 no. That came 200 years later. Okay. So what's going on? So... So the diet is, is is part of it. Clean, pure, no death associated with it. Then uh, I include fasting. And fasting uh, is a very powerful way. We do spiritual fast twice a year. Okay, so what happens in fast? Well, you get in touch with your sacred design where the society is saying, forget that, just earn money or whatever, Okay. So your sacred design, you actually get in touch with your soul in a more focused way because our spiritual fasts include meditating and certain movements and dance and different things. You start getting in touch with your soul. So those are that's step one. Step two, it's good to do some sort of movement. Yoga, Tai Chi, <clears throat> sacred dance, something that's expressing the divine going through you. It's good to do some kind of breathing because oxygen makes your brain work better. The third is service and charity. Service and charity allows you to make that heart connection with those people around you. Those people you're serving. Uh, We have programs in Africa, we have programs that work with Native Americans, and right now we're focusing on feeding because uh, there's a lot of people starving. 
So, uh, okay. And the fourth is, if you're ready, working with the spiritual teacher. Not everybody's ready, but if you are, and as much uh, uh, focus on a spirit, some sort of spiritual discipline. The fifth is meditating and praying. And the sixth is the awakening of the spiritual energy. We talk about Kundalini, Ra Kadesh, Holy Spirit. There, there needs to be a, a, an awakening there. So that's the sixth foundation, just basics. And people can do different variations of that, but somehow all six get included. Uh, in our life cycle, we may emphasize one over the other at different times. Mm -hmm. So, Gabriel, we do have to take a break, but when we okay. come back, we would love for you to kind of wrap up the six foundations and then go into the sevenfold piece. Seven, yeah, so perfect. So we'll take a quick break right now. Thank you. We'll be right back. Thank you. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Welcome back. So, Judy, go ahead. I love what you were ending with. Did you want it to begin with? Sure. So uh, Dr. Cousins was about to tell us about the sevenfold piece. Wait. So the sevenfold piece, I took a little bit more from the Essenes. Uh, they had their uh, communions each day, morning and evening communions. Bathing, right? Wasn't that part of their... Yeah, that's what they did. Yes. So, And so I was working from the cycle of seven, I kind of did something a little simpler. And so the first is peace with the body. We, that's the nutrition part and health and exercise and breathing. Second is peace with the mind, which is the meditation and prayer. Third is peace with the family. So that is sacred relationship. The challenge, the spiritual challenge of intimacy, the risk that people face, every, you know, to, to be intimate. Uh, and really, the relationship is kind of a model of relating to God in some way. Uh, a surrender and, and letting go and trusting. Okay, so that's peace with the family. Uh, and then there's peace with the community. Now, today we can see there's a lot of agitation in the community, a lot of chaos, but the key is to have the right relationship to the community, no matter what's happening, that you're still at peace and you're still at one within yourself. No matter how wild it gets there. And I know today it's very challenging, particularly in the United States. Okay. Yeah. And then there's peace with all cultures. And the Native American way, we say, oh, Metakiwasan, what does that mean? It means peace with the rock, rock people, living earth, you know, the plant people, the animal world and the human world, and all the human cultures. All living creation. Yeah, the whole thing. And then next is peace with what I call the sacred ecology. Seeing, now this is a subtle difference. It's not an environmental statement. It's like when you know you're one with the living planet, you're not worshiping the planet. You're one with it. You feel that connection. Then you want to take care of it because it's like an extension of your body. Yes. So you're one with the living planet. So naturally you want to take care of it. And finally, peace with God. Mm-hmm. So those are the, the, the different uh, parts. And then when you have all seven levels in alignment, then there's a much greater total peace. And so that's a way of, uh, that's a, the, the sevenfold peace, where you're yeah. feeling at peace on all those levels of your life. And when you combine the six foundations, sevenfold peace, then you're, yeah. you're creating a much broader spectrum. Now, here, here's the point I make in the book. It's a lifestyle. I was, I was just going to say that. What yeah. I hear you talk about is it's a way of life. It's a way to live. It's a lifestyle. That's right. 
And so I talk about holistic, the holistic way of liberation, yeah. which is living in a way that naturally takes you to liberation. Yeah. Just it's, it's a way of life. I love That's that. That's the key, one of the key messages of so, holistic way of life. So, Gabriel, if we live according to the six foundations and the sevenfold peace, will will we be able to do a thousand push-ups a day and 800 sit-ups and 80 pull-ups like you do? <laughs> well, everybody's unique. Uh, everybody's unique. Actually, it's 1,300 push-ups. Wow. As wow. of yesterday. As of yesterday. Um, but the point is, we're all unique. We're all unique expressions. So yes. what am I communicating with that? So I'm just pretty much turning 78, okay? So at 78. You look great. How is it? You can do this. Pardon? You look great. No, thank you. Thank you. Do, do you see the message? So part of my thing is, hey, wait, with chronological age, does that mean we get less flexible? Does that mean we get weaker? Or can you just turn it around and get more flexible and more strength and more clarity of mind and enjoy life more? You're no longer contracting. So it's a very clear message. This can be done. Yes, you have to do a little work, but isn't that true of life? Absolutely. Transcendence. So, Transcendence. Yeah. Die to the ego and rise. Die to the and ego. And work hard. I have to conclude the work hard part. You, you can't do it without working hard. That's right. I don't think. No, no. I'm, we're in agreement. And what I'm saying is it can be done. With chronological age, we can get stronger, more flexible, and have more endurance. Absolutely. So, so that's the message of meta-communicating here. That's partly why I do it. Love so it. I make a point of it because like, okay, you can do this. 78? Think about how we image 78. Right. Absolutely. Um, I love the piece from the Talmud. And I've, I've used it for many years, and I just realized it was from the Talmud. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. Right, right. And that's pretty much, you know, I think what I try to live my life out of. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, what, what I want to tell you is that Judy and I are both 102. <laughs> added together. Added, added, added. together. <laughs> Very good. That was good. I like that. <laughs> so, Gabriel, you know, when we look out into the world, there's a lot of things that doesn't look like love. And I know towards the end of your book, you talk about this concept of separation and hate. Can you address that for us? Yes. Um, I talked about soul, and it's so important to connect with our soul. When we feel connected with our soul, then we get everybody else has a soul too. Everybody else is a spark of God. I need to interrupt for a moment. I, I truly do, yeah. and please forgive me. We're, we're never disconnected from our soul. But there's no, but perception. It's a perception. Thank you. I just wanted to clarify that for our listeners. Yeah, I, I'm glad you did. Uh, it's an important point. But we feel disconnected. Correct. We don't feel that connection. It's always there. Okay. Uh, but as we're doing these things, we feel more connected 
then we see that light of God in everyone. So we we see and can feel that love. It's natural. Now, when although we are connected, we don't feel connected in our experience, in our awareness, as that separation from the soul happens, we can't see the soul in other people and they just become objects. At the level of objects, it's really easy to feel the separation. When you take that separation further, it can turn into hate. Look what we see in our society. You know, as people feel less connected to their soul, to the deep God force of who they are, what do we see? We have the denial of God out there for sure. You know, it's even like a political statement. Yes. Not just yes. individual. And it's like, wait, but that's coming from being disconnected. Yes. Not feeling the connection that's always there. And so that can lead to separation, which then can lead to hate because there's no connection. Yes. And then you can make that hate out of any reason to differ. It's projected. It's projected out of the self because we feel the hate within ourselves. It's projected out of the self onto everything outside. Yeah. So that, that, does that answer that, Judy? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's a very good question. That's great. And I know that we have to take a break, but uh, when we come back, Gabriel, we would love for you to share some of the amazing mystical experiences that you've actually gone through. Okay. Thank you, Gabriel. You're very generous. We'll be right back with the journey through into awareness and Dr. Gabriel Cousins. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. I'm going to be just... Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Okay. Hi, welcome back. So Dr. Cousins, do you mind sharing with us some of your mystical experiences you've had along the way? Sure. Um, Very generous. It really began at an early age, spontaneously. Really, when I was eight, I began seeing uh, angels um, and other kind of figures coming in and teaching. Uh, and I didn't know really what was going on. Um, when my uh, brother died, I, I used to meditate in his room and I could feel not only his presence, but just a much greater uh, overt mystical life. And uh, then as things progressed in, in my life, I began meditating naturally. Nobody, I mean, this is in the 50s. Nobody actually knew how to meditate. I mean, sure, a few people did, but mostly no. And so... When were you born? 1943. World where? War II. I'm sorry, I didn't ask when. Chicago. Where? Chicago. Chicago. Okay, I was born in 54 in New York. And Judy, you were... You, I came after. Yeah, but you. Where were you born? I was born in Trinidad. I was born in the Caribbean. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, at a very young age, when you were having these experiences, how could you possibly make anything of them? You were so little. Well, the truth is, I didn't. I just appreciated. I learned not to mention it to anybody. I bet, including my parents. I bet. Um, but. But then as I played football, I began, as I went beyond myself, I began to have my, more mystical experiences. I saw, okay, going beyond yourself, you, that happens. And then really after I received uh, the uh, Shakti part of uh, the awakening of energy, then they began more actively. I, I, uh, in 1970, I actually saw three beings um, I was taking an S course, Warner Earhart, okay? I did that, yes. That was a powerful course. I loved it. Yeah, it was the very last one he taught. And I had a vision of three. It was uh, Sai Baba of Shirdi, uh, Abraham, and Crazy Horse. Now, I, honestly, I didn't know who they were at that moment, but... Then, um, when I was in uh, in India, and I was walking with one of my main spiritual teachers, Swami Prakashananda, he materialized in front of us. Wow. And actually put his hand out like this, and energy came out of his hand and hit me in the forehead and knocked me over. Wow. And now, okay, Luckily, Swami Prakashananda was there. I said, well, did I just imagine? What just happened? He said, no, no, he came. He materialized right in front of you. And he... So there was materialization. Now, a few other times that happened. Um, one was uh, just when I was kind of doing a little meditation early morning out in the woods. Um, the, the goddess Lakshmi goddess of spiritual and material wealth, appeared. Then she walked towards me. Then she merged with me on every level, and her essence went into me. Shifted, literally shifted, so I became 
her feminine essence came in and, and um, added to my beingness. So this whole feminine essence became part of me in a very, very real way. It's like, whoa, that was pretty powerful. And then um, when I first began kind of really considering Israel in 2008, uh, we took what we call Aliyah, you know, the stepping up. I went, there's no initiation, nobody, but I went and, and went in a cave uh, uh, above um, the, the Dead Sea, okay? It was a half cave. So for, I went three days without food and water there, okay? And on the second day, uh, it, a little after twilight, a, uh, a figure appeared, again, a physical figure, and identified as Abraham. It was only for maybe 30 seconds. But again, a transmission of energy happened where his uh, uh, love, because he, his, his tent was open in all four directions, meaning open to everybody. So I felt this transmission of love, kind of more universal love, mm -hmm. and also his spiritual warriorship. I mean, he took on a whole pagan world and grew. Yes. Okay. So uh, those are three, you know, three, four very mystical experiences. Many visions... Uh, but these are a little different because they were materializations. Was Abraham like a holograph or was he like a solid form? It, it, it felt like a solid form. It looked like a solid form. Wow. And I'm just thinking of, you know, Jesus. It was three-dimensional and solid. Right. Just thinking of Jesus when he, when he appeared in the upper room, you know, he was able to walk through doors, but yet when he was in front of them, he was solid and he ate. It's just it's fascinating. It's just, it's yeah, see, see, but that really does exist. When you research it up, that can happen. Um, yes. Well, I, be, I believe that it's just yeah. fantastic. There's no doubt. I mean, I've had visions in a near death experience. I had a vision of Jesus as well, coming kind of receiving me as I went down through that tunnel of light. So, uh, so reassuring Gabriel. It's so reassuring. Beautiful. Hmm. Yeah, those are amazing experiences, Gabriel. Oh thank God. you for sharing them. Thank you yeah. for sharing them. My heart is just breaking through my chest with love. Yeah. Thank it's, you. It's very humbling to have these. Yeah. I, you know, and a key is I didn't ask for them. Right. It comes as a gift. Grace. Yeah. Absolutely. And they all were about not just an experience, but an actual shift in energy, mm -hmm. an actual change in me as a result. And, mm -hmm. and also in the death experience of um, going through the tunnel, there's, it's like a total acceptance in a different way. So they're, they're, it, these are real things. And, and what my interpretation is, is that I, I, I was given these gifts uh, as part of my spiritual involvement. They weren't just, oh, isn't that interesting? No. Right. It was a profound, as if the uh, at the heavenly energies, they were 
guiding me along. Yes. I always believe there's a divine purpose for everything that happens like that. So that's how I felt about it. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. That is beautiful. Yeah. So Gabriel, there's something that you had in your book that I loved also, and it was pray until you become the prayer. What does that mean? There is a word in Hebrew called lahit palel, which means become your prayer. Now, what does that mean? Is what you just said. So it's one thing, oh, I'm praying for this. Oh, please, God, send me a Mercedes Benz, you know, Janice Joplin type thing, okay? Uh, but becoming your prayer means you actually become the result of your prayer. Praying now, with faith? Is it like praying with faith? Praying? No, no, it's a step beyond. Okay. You, okay, so I'm going to explain that a little bit more. So okay. we have about, sorry to interrupt you, we have about three minutes. And I'd like to, and before we end, if you would grace us with another prayer, if you wouldn't mind. So go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. No, okay. So to become your prayer. So why are you praying? Because there's a blockage that you have. So we have to dissolve that blockage, the spiritual blockage that we may have. Once it's dissolved in our mind, then we can actually become that what for which we're praying. Does that make sense now? Yes. Okay. So lehipal means become your prayer. So if in a simple way, because it's also Native American as well, uh, the Native Americans don't pray for rain. They visualize and experience it raining. Yes. Yes. In other words, you you experience it as if the prayer is fulfilled. Yes. And, And you're physically experiencing, you're smelling the rain, you're feeling the rain, you're getting wet, you're getting muddy. That's what I mean by become your prayer. Mm. Love it. I like feel that, it yeah. already fulfilled. Oh. Mm-hmm. But, but feel it. Really yes. feel it. Fully yes. experiencing. Experience it as having it. Already having it. Yes. I cannot thank you enough. Would you ever be willing to come on again? Sure. I think you, you both of you have asked excellent, really outstanding questions. And I really appreciate the thoughtfulness of your questions. Oh my gosh. You are such an amazing guest. I know that we are coming close to the end, so we would love for listeners to know how they can learn more about you and your book and how to connect with you. Okay, so the easy way is to go, I have two websites to go to. One is drcousins.com. That's pretty easy. And the other one is the community where all my teachings are stored and the videos and this and that. And that's treeoflife.mn, Mighty Networks, mn.co. Hmm. That's it, treeoflife.mn.co or drcousins.com. Got it. Um, those are the two easy ways uh, to, to really access all everything in the simple way and you can access we have our spiritual fasting retreats we're doing twice a year and i have the zero point which is uh working with your mind to clear all the negative and really all thoughts in the mind positive as well and all the kind of different teachings i also have monthly meditation retreats i started that with all that it's going on so we have that over the internet 
So people get supported in that way. And I also have a Thursday evening kind of program, Alive and Liberated with Dr. Gabriel. Do you ever come to the States? Well, I just left the States. (laughs) If you ever come to New York, you are welcome in my home. Thank you. My daughter... My daughter and grandchildren live there, too. Okay. What part? Uh, the Lower East Side. Great. Well, I hope to I hope to have you in my home. You're always welcome okay. here. Very. Thank you. Very sweet. It's been it such a blessing have, to have you here. Yeah. And so we'll end with a, a blessing. Yes. Are we at that point? Yes. Okay. So I want to bless everyone all the listeners and the two of you that we truly feel and know the sublime and holy truth of who we are. And as I say this prayer, that we are blessed with that, take a moment to feel your oneness with your soul, your oneness with God. Just a moment. Become your prayer. And may everyone now carry that energy of your prayer fulfilled, knowing your oneness with God into the rest of your life. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Dr. Gabriel Cousins. It's been a true honor. Thank you, Judy. And thank you. Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. 
you listeners looking to boost your business why not advertise on talk radio nyc with very reasonable rates interested simply send us a message on our website talkradio.nyc do you love or are you intrigued about new york city and its neighborhoods i'm jeff goodman host of rediscovering new york weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 